0: This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. We can world. We can world. Now, here's Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. And here we are again. And it's still really hot outside. And, um, you know, things are just. Pressing, aren't they? As a parent with children and dealing with the school situation and dealing with these mask things, if I could just tell you that I, you know, I I, ha- I took time to get hair and get out of my car and I get my case and my little light thing and my phone and I thought I had everything, my keys and and so on. I get to the elevator. I'm just being real with you right now, and I pushed the down button because I was on the third floor, and uh, I waited for it. It opened. I get in, it closes, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't feel any movement. I don't feel like I'm moving. So then I push the button again thinking, well, maybe I just didn't make it go far enough. And it just sat there. So then I started pushing all the buttons just to make it do something because it wasn't moving at all. And uh, finally the door opened and I got off. And when I got off, I realized, oh, I'm so glad I didn't go down and whatnot because I forgot my mask. So then I walked all the way back to the car. I got my mask. I came back, and I pushed the button again, and lo and behold, the middle elevator opened again. And again, I went through the same scenario as I already described the first time. And I'm going, what is the message here? What is going on? And I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm a middle child. I choose the middle elevator. No, that's not the message. And then I'm saying, you know, uh, everything happens with motion. Okay, that could be a message. But how about when we think we've made a decision and we're going forward and then something stops us in our tracks. We have no control over it. And we have to change our thought process. We have to change our direction. We have to change. I don't know about you, but as a business owner, um, as all walks of my life, I'm finding that a lot of the times I'm pushing that button and it's not going where I want it to go. And I'm having to regroup and challenge myself to get more creative in the next steps. Can you relate to what I'm saying right now? Because that was the message from the elevator situation that I got was, yep, that's how I feel in life. I feel like you push a button and you think you're going one way. And then all of a sudden, whoop, you know, you have to change and go a different direction just to get where you want to go or, um, you know, your thinking process or your habits that you normally are used to doing and you can't do them anymore. So how do you accomplish the goal without being able to do what you used to do? I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? I, I hope you do. All that being said, I feel that it is a chance, me being the optimist that I am, and I stay in the positive because I'm always asking God, what's the lesson in this? What is the lesson in this? And the lesson for all of us is, is that, you know, things aren't always the same. They're not always the same. And do we appreciate what we have? Do we appreciate what we have even right now? You know, we still have some freedoms that other places don't have. Are we appreciating those? Are we lifting those up to our Heavenly Father and saying, thank you so much that we have a roof over our head. Thank you so much that I have a car to drive. Thank you so much that I have clothes to wear and I have food on the table. Thank you so much that I can still go to a grocery store and still get food, even if I have to wear a mask. And this mask thing, everybody has their own opinion on this whole thing. And it is an inconvenience for me. I don't enjoy it at all. Um, I think when we're outside and I see people walking their dogs, I don't see any need at all to wear one. And I know people might be looking down on me because I don't have one on when I'm walking my dogs. I'm not around other people. I'm walking my dogs. And uh, supposedly the UV rays kills it. And I'm not near anybody else. So... Uh, Everybody, and driving in your car and wearing a mask, I don't understand that either, but maybe there's something to that. I do believe in consideration. I do believe that if if somebody is concerned, if somebody is feeling uncomfortable, I learned a long time ago that our manners are a way of helping people to feel more comfortable. So if there's anything that I'm doing or anything that could uh, ease that uncomfortableness, then obviously I want to do that, even if it means it's inconvenient for me. So with all that being said, uh, I think that there was a message in all of that. And I hope it helps for you to understand that you're not alone. You're not alone. We're in this together. United we stand, divided we fall, and hopefully we can find common ground and we can stand united because the strength comes Being together. I heard somebody say something and I'm not taking any credit at all. But if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go with people. And I think that's so good. And I really had to just stop and think about that for a minute. And that's so true. Because sometimes I'm just saying, come on, come on, let's go. And then other times I'm thinking, oh, you know what, I can't do this without Oh, this, this group of people, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to make it. I can't do it like my company. I mean, I can't do what we need to do without everybody working for Ecola. I can't do it alone. It takes every individual there and we need more. Side note, we are hiring and I would love to talk with you if you're interested in a new career or if you have a license and you're looking for a different company to work for, we would love to talk to you. We have six offices covering from San Diego all the way up to San Luis Obispo and we want the best attitude, and the best work ethic that's out there. And if that's you, we want to talk to you. And that's Ecola Termite and Pest Control, termitelady.com. Call us or email us or something. All right. So today's message uh, was written by Rick Warren. And it was written on, I believe, 825.20. So this was real current. It's current and it goes with now. And the topic is, this too will pass. And doesn't that feel good just to know that? that this too will pass. I remember when I was pregnant and I knew that I had nine months of pregnancy and I knew that I could expect that I was going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and things were going to get more difficult and more difficult. And I I knew from other people that, you know, I would be sick in the beginning and then hopefully it would get better with time and I would probably get more tired and more tired. Um, But I knew that there was an end in sight. I knew that and, you know, the pain was worth the gain. (laughs) Totally the pain was worth the gain. But in this pandemic... Is the pain worth the gain? And where do we find the gain? So this too will pass, just like when we're pregnant and this too will pass. Um, it's good to know that. But with this situation, we thought it was going to be for two weeks to lower the curve. And then and then it's like, how long has it been going on since March? Wow. Okay, and how much longer, people say, till the election is over? Okay, that's November. So we will see the predictions and and what happens there and and find out exactly what, what the truth is in that. So Rick Warren. I have met Rick Warren a couple of times personally, and I've listened to him many times. Uh, he was invited to be a keynote speaker for a group that I was involved in uh, that I still have some really wonderful friends that are probably listening right now, and I'm just so thankful for them with Convene. Uh, just a little note on uh, Convene, it's a business organization that puts God and scripture uh, in the middle of decision-making, and I think it's so wonderful to have that as an element in the business world along with our personal life. It shouldn't be different. It should be the same. So Rick Warren was invited to a convention where there was many entrepreneurs and business owners, and he spoke into us, and he talked about you know how his wife and him tithe and take the money that they've earned from the book. Purpose-driven life, which is a bestseller, 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 Uh, a really good book. I've given it to many people, and I read it. Excellent book. If you haven't read it, it's a really great book to read. Anyway, all the all the money from that book didn't go into buying cars or buying houses. It went into the ministry. It you know they put the money back into the ministry so they bared fruit. And they put it back into the ministry. And so I would ask you, you know, if you and the treasure of your heart, where is the treasure of your heart? And they say, look at your pocketbook to see where you spend your money. And, uh, you know, if that's convicting, then don't shoot the messenger. But it is the truth is look where you spend your money and your time. And if you're in the word and you're wanting to know God's way and will for you, then, uh, you know, he will show you that. But if you're busy doing a lot of other things that really don't have that significance at the end of it, then maybe you need to assess that. And maybe now is the best time we are being forced, whether we like it or not, to spend more time with our family and our, our close relationships, aren't we? We can't really get so busy that we're out of that. And, uh, you know, that's a blessing. It's a blessing, but there's a lot of marriages that are not making it. There's a lot of relationships that are breaking up because of being together so much That, you know, all the things that we were so busy that we could just push aside are now becoming so relevant and pertinent and in our face that it's very hard to ignore it. And so that's a good thing, too, if you think about it, because you're being forced to deal with it. You're being forced to deal with those issues that maybe you would just push aside and get too busy to deal with. And that's not really what God wants. God is a relational God. He wants a relationship with you and in your family. He wants you to have a relationship with your family and your friends and love Thy God with all your heart and love thy neighbor as thyself. So that's relational. Somebody needed to hear that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. If you want to know the scripture and where it is, I like to refer to it, and it's 2 Corinthians four seventeen eighteen 18, NIV. I really enjoy the NIV because that's the Bible I read, and so all the words just make total sense to me because it's what I'm used to. But there are other Bibles out there that might hit you um, better and to your heart more and speak to you louder. And so, um, you know, check those out for yourself. And maybe now's the time to challenge yourself to to read a different Bible. When crisis hits, you have to do the smart things necessary to get through it. You listen to what the experts say, you make good choices, and you keep moving forward, remembering at the same time that this will pass. It's not going to last forever. Okay, I needed to hear that. I don't know about you, but there's a lot coming at me, and I'm sure there's a lot coming at you. And knowing that this is for a time and that it will pass, is really great. Knowing that God is victorious and and greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world is something that brings me strength, and I hope it brings you strength too. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4.12, Dear friends, don't be bewildered or surprised when you go through the fiery trials ahead, for this is no strange, unusual thing that is going to happen to you. In this world, there will be times of trial and testing. It's guaranteed. Since sin entered the world, nothing works perfectly. Everything on this planet is broken. The weather, the economy, your body, and even your best plans. Nothing works perfectly in this life because sin broke everything on earth. Isaiah 24 says, The land suffers for the sins of its people. For they have twisted the laws of God and broken his everlasting commands. The earth has broken down in utter collapse. Everything is lost, abandoned, and confused. Even nature is groaning. We may wonder why God allowed sin and evil to enter the world, but it's because he gives us a choice. Do you hear that? I mean, if everything was hunky-dory all the time, we wouldn't really appreciate the uptimes because everything would be even. So when you have downtimes, it helps you. And I think now is a downtime, but I look at it as an opportunity to learn something different. You're listening to The Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5. I want to thank San Diegans for listening to this show on KPRZ at 4 o'clock on Saturday. I want to thank the Venturians for listening on Uh, The Word, 98.3 FM, and that's at 5 o'clock on Saturday. And then us, of course, here, 6 o'clock on Saturday. And we're syndicated, and we even go up even further up California Northern to KUHL and another station also that is a secular station that the owner of that radio broadcast, really nice, nice man, met him a couple times in person, and we've been advertising on that station for a while uh, and he said, you know what, Sue, I just think my listeners need to hear this. And I thought, that is so wonderful. So thank you so much for opening up the airwaves to hear the message and the Sufri show. I really appreciate that. So everything is lost, abandoned, and confused. Even nature is groaning. We may wonder why God allowed sin and evil to enter the world, but it's because he gives us a choice. I said that right before I went on my own little, my little spiel. And you know what? It's so nice to have a choice, isn't it? He wants us to choose him, but he does give us freedom of choice. We are not robots on this earth. And friends, I'm just going to say right now that if you are on the fence and you're not sure, or you're on the fence and you're thinking you're not worthy, or you think that you are not good enough, just know that you are good enough because Jesus died for you. God sent his son to die in your place, which adds value to you. If you think about it, he valued you enough to sacrifice his only son for you and your sins. When I totally grasp that, I have to tell you what's life-changing for me. And he has given us freedom of choice because he wants us to freely choose him and his ways over ours. And I will tell you this, and this is really refreshing. I have people that I talk to, and I explain what I just said to you. And they're saying, you know, they're, they're thinking that they have to get their act together before they... Receive the Lord. Let me just tell you that you will never arrive as being good enough to accept what He has already done for you. He's already done it. And you will never reach the point of being sinless and perfect enough. So the best thing for you to do is just to choose Him now. Choose Him now. And when you do, He will put the desires in your heart. He will give you the strength and the courage to make changes that you might need to make in your life for your future. He wants your relationships to be mended, whether it's a marriage or um, your parent, you know, children and parent relationships. Could even be a boss. Could be with your pastor and your church. He wants our relationships to be mended and healed. And the main relationship he wants is for you to seek him. And get to know him. Because I guarantee you, he already knows you. He says in this word that he knows every hair on your head in your mother's womb. Think about that. If that's not special, wow, that's incredible. Just the thought of that. It's amazing to me. We are the ones that cause evil. We're the ones that are selfish and self-centered and cause problems in society and in our environment. This is why... We're to pray the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because this is not heaven. Heaven is a perfect place with no sorrow, no sickness, no sadness, no stress. And we shouldn't expect heaven on this earth. One day we'll get there, but we're not there yet. We will get through this trial one day this coronavirus crisis will be a part of our history soon enough we will marvel at all that god did in the midst of this trouble as we look at it from the other side i don't know about you but i'm sure looking for that day aren't you and there will be more challenges to face and adversity to endure this is part of our reality on this earth but We always hope because our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Again, 2 Corinthians 4, 17, 18, and that's the NIV version. So let's focus on what is unchanging, again by Rick Warren. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. That's in Isaiah 43. When everything around you is uncertain, the key to stability is to focus on unchangeable truth. Unchangeable truth. In the days ahead, you need to focus on what never changes. God's character and God's word. Here are some unchangeable truths you need to tell yourself during this time of uncertainty. You might want to write these down. They're going to be good. God sees everything you're going through. The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. That's Psalm thirty three eighteen. God cares about everything you're going through, but I will watch for the Lord. I will wait confidently for God who will save me. My God will hear me. Micah 7 7 God has the power to change what you're going through ask and you will be given what you ask for seek and you will find knock and the door shall be opened Matthew 7 7 God always acts out of his goodness to you and we know that in all things God works for good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Let me ask you right now, do you believe that you were called for his purpose? Do you believe that you were created for his purpose? The answer is yes. It's clear. You were. Are you living your purpose? Do you even know what your purpose is? Those are really big questions. And in this time, when you have time to think and time to think, (laughs) write down what you're good at. Write down what... Matters to you, where's your passion? What makes you like get fired up? What fires you up? That's where you need to focus because God put that flame in there and He wants you to have that flame burn that desire to burn inside of you. It's an amazing, amazing feeling to have that and know that you're in His will and that you're doing. What he had created and called you to do. God's plan is always better than your plan. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. My NIV says this differently. It's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I have it up in my kitchen and I recite it often because I need to be reminded. God will never stop loving you, for the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then, my faithful love for you will remain. Isaiah 54, 10. Once you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. I know the one in whom I trust. I am sure that he is able to safely guard all that I have given him until the day of his return. That's really refreshing, isn't it? To know that once you put your trust in him... You can't lose your salvation. I'm sure there could be a whole debate about that because some people believe differently than others. But just what that scripture says, I'm standing on that one, and I think that feels really good to me. No matter what you go through, God is with you. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. I'm so glad that that scripture's in there twice because I definitely could even hear it a third time right now to feel the power of his word in that message. To replace your panic with prayer, your worry with worship. And your anxiety with adoration, focus less on what social media is saying and more on God's unchanging truth. I could not agree with that two sentences right there more. I feel sometimes when I post something on facts that I know that are true and there's people on the other side um, basically saying that it's not true or what about, um, you know, it kind of wears on me. And I find that if I turn to God's word and I get my strength and my comfort and my truth from God's word, somehow it it gives me a peace. It helps me understand who's in control and where I can put my faith and my hope to get through a trying time because he has it. He's got this and he's going to make sure that we're covered. And I feel very fortunate very thankful for that. And so should you. And if you're feeling uncomfortable, if you're feeling insecure, if you're feeling like you don't know, um, remember that this too shall pass and that God has this. And his call to us is to put him first. And if we just do what he's asking us to do, it makes things a lot simpler for all of us. So we will be back with part two of these messages right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard? Or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Fries of Ecola Termite Pest Control. But you can call me the termite lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in.
0: SueFreeze.com You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much, Cola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. And if you'd like to sponsor this show, I would love to talk with you. All you need to do is go to Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word dot com. And uh, for all the listeners out there, I would love for you to connect with me and, uh, you know, just tell me a little bit about what's going on with you. Maybe how this uh, show has uh, changed some thinking or inspired or encouraged you. Um, I have a gentleman who listens to me in prison and that was new for me and I just today got a letter and, uh, I'm going to be reading it. I just, just received it and I'm going to read it and on the back he put John 316. So I can't wait to read this and, uh, you know, I don't have a PO box, but you can send it to, uh, the KKLA station and I will get it. Anyway, uh, I'm just grateful and thankful to be on this show and, um, we're going to talk about, don't worry about it. Here's how by Rick Warren. Sorry, ready? I'm ready. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God really cares about you? That's in 1 Peter 5, 7. It takes more than willpower to stop worrying. You already know that because you've already tried it. You've thought, I shouldn't worry about this, and yet you just keep on worrying about it. It's going to take more than your willpower to stop worrying. It takes doing these four things. All right. Are you ready? You know that, first of all, personal experience is that you can worry all day long. It doesn't change a thing. And and those of you that are worriers, you know this. You know that all it does is stress you out and there's really not much you can do about it. So we do what we can do and then we got to just hand it over to God and just not worry about it because worrying is not going to make anything better. And all it's going to do is hinder your health. You know, it's going to hinder your health, help you to age faster. Who wants that? So we we don't need to worry. Cast all your cares, right? That's what he tells us to do. Cast all our burdens. Cast all our cares on him. And that's what we need to do. It doesn't mean to just let things go and never think about anything because we want to be concerned and we want to do things the right way according to God. uh, And that's our part. But once we do that, then we got to let it go. How do we do that? How do we do that? Number one. Get to know God. Jesus says in Matthew 6.32, people who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. If you don't have a relationship with God, you have every reason to worry. You've got to get to know God. As a believer, you have a heavenly father who has promised to take care of you. You are God's child, and children get special privileges. When you worry, God says, You're my child. Why are you acting like an orphan? I will take care of you. That's just music to my ears. How about you? Number two, put God first in every area of your life. Every area, not just on Sunday, not when you're at the table and you're giving your little meal prayer. That's not the only time. Put God first in every area of your life. Matthew 6, 33 says, don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing. Your heavenly father already knows perfectly well that you need them and he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. Anytime you take God out of the center of your life and put anything else there, no matter how good it is, you are going to worry. Live one day at a time. That's number three. Live one day at a time. It doesn't mean do not plan for the future. That's just my little tidbit. I'm going to stick in there because I have some people that just live for today and have no plan for tomorrow. And I find that that's not a really good plan. But we have to appreciate that all we really have is right now. You realize that? we All we have is right now. So not using the good china, you know, putting off for another day when you could do it right now. Jumping in that river, you know, instead of walking by it, not putting your toe in the water and not experiencing those fun little things. Do it. Do it now. Live each day. The Bible says don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We all know that, don't we? (laughs) We all know that. If you're worrying about tomorrow, you can't enjoy today. Okay, I hear you, Lord. I hear you on that. Okay, I hear you on that. So we need to take captive of our present time and make it matter and enjoy it. You know, take time to smell the roses along the way. Have that cup of coffee. Make a phone call. Tell someone you love them. Hug somebody. I know social distancing. Hug somebody. Doggone it. Anyway. You miss today's blessings. It's okay to plan for tomorrow. Yes, we do. But you have to live for today. Also, when you're always worried about tomorrow, the future gets overwhelming. But God will give you the grace and strength you need when you get there. Right now, you only need enough power for today. Number four, trust God to care. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. How do you do that? How do you do that? One way is to memorize God's promises in the Bible. They're like an insurance policy for believers. When you know something's covered, you don't worry about it anymore. Isn't that right? Another way is to pray. If you prayed as much as you worried, you'd have a lot less to worry about. Side note, yesterday morning, I opened up Facebook and instead of reading the normal politics and, you know, this one and that one and, and fact-checked and, and fake news, there was a woman on there who was speaking the word, praying, praying, and with just such power and such passion. And led by the Holy Spirit, the words that were coming out of her mouth were so scripture, so empowered by his word and his scripture. And it was refreshing, beyond refreshing for me, that I stayed right there, didn't even leave to get a cup of coffee. I stayed right there in that with her, and it just changed me from the inside out. I have to tell you that the night before that, I was praying on my drive, and I was praying and praying and praying. And it had so much power and it changed my focus and changed my concerns. And my heart was beating even slower and calmer because I knew God was with me. And maybe some of you just need to stop. Just stop and trust God to care and pray more and worry less. Maybe that's the medication you need. Maybe that's what you need right now. That's the prescription. Right there. So memorizing God's promises in the Bible, another way is to pray. What's the result of taking these four steps? Incredible peace of mind. You will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. That's in Scripture 2, Philippians 4, 7. You know, Philippians, I, I write in my, uh, my Bible, um, each book has like a message, like an over- overall message. And Philippians, on my front page of Philippians, before I get into anything, um, I wrote in big letters, joy. And Philippians is the book of joy. I love reading Philippians. I really do love reading Philippians. So I'm going to keep going. Another article or blog or whatever you want to call it um, from Rick Warren, which is in this same pace is worry doesn't solve anything. And we already know that, don't we? We already know that worry doesn't solve anything. All it does is cause our heart to raise, our blood pressure to go up. Um, we age. The stress um, works on our immune system in a negative way. So we need to have the peace that only comes from God and his word. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes, Matthew 6.25. Worry is essentially a control issue. It's trying to control the uncontrollable. We can't control the economy, so we worry about the economy. We can't control our children, so we worry about our children. We can't control the future, so we worry about the future. But worry never solves anything. It's stewing without doing. Oh, I love that. I've got to remember that. It's stewing without doing. So every time I have a worry thing going on inside of me, I'm going to say I'm stewing without doing. Ow. It does no good for anyone. It's not going to solve anything. It's not going to do anything positive. It has no positive effect to worry. Jesus actually gives four reasons you don't need to worry in his Sermon on the Mount. Did you know that number one is worry is unreasonable? Matthew 625 says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat. Here we go again this third time or about what your body will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. We must have needed to hear that three times. Jesus is saying, if it's not going to last, don't worry about it. To worry about something you can't change is foolish. To worry about something you can't change is useless. Either way, it's unreasonable to worry. Number two, worry is unnatural. Jesus gives us an illustration from nature in Matthew six twenty six. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? You already know the answer to that, right? I hope so. I hope you know that you are much more valuable. So how much more is God going to care and take care of you? There's only one thing in all of God's creation that worries human beings we're the only things god has created that don't trust him and god says this is unnatural number three worry is unhelpful it doesn't change anything matthew 6 says can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life duh you can't can you When you worry about a problem, it doesn't bring you one inch closer to the solution. It's like sitting in a rocking chair. A lot of activity, energy, and motion, but no progress. Worry doesn't change anything except you. It makes you miserable. Number four, worry is unnecessary. Did you hear that? So what are you going to do next time you feel like you're worrying about something that you Have no way of fixing, changing, whatever. What are you going to do to replace that? Good question. Matthew 630 says, If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. If you trust in God, you don't need to worry. Why? Because he has promised to take care of all your needs. God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians the Book of Joy. That includes your bills, relational conflicts, dreams, goals, ambitions, and health issues you don't know what to do with. God will meet all your needs in Christ. Don't worry about it. So are you worrying? Can you do anything about it? I think the message is really clear. You're listening to The Sue Free Show. And I'm so thankful that you're listening to this today. And I'm hoping that Rick Warren's message and the Lord's message with his scriptures, because stru- scriptures is true, is what he's saying is, is that it's not going to change anything to worry about it. So what can we do in its place? OK, because I like to replace things like habit forming things. See, um, the people that I know that have been successful and prosperous and, you know, just having the quality of life that they really, really want. When you ask them this question, they're going to tell you that it's the things we do daily, the things we choose to do moment by moment, those habits that we do every day that creates a different lifestyle, a different way of being, talking, thinking. And those things change us from the inside out. So, uh, you know, worrying about what? What do we worry about? Making more money. Okay, worrying about it isn't going to do any good. So what could we do in place of that to create a better environment for our finances to change? What is a decision you could make today that could change the outcome of today or tomorrow? I'm going to leave that up to you just to give it some thought because I'm not the solution. Okay, you know, I don't need to come up with your solution. You do with the Lord's help. Ask him, ask and you shall receive, right? So ask him to reveal to you how, what you can do differently day-to-day, moment-by-moment that's going to change the outcome of something that you're not thrilled with, how it's going right now. Because if you continue doing the same thing, obviously the results are going to be somewhat the same. It's when change happens. When we look at something, evaluate it, identify it as an issue, I do this in my business every day. What did we do? How did it go? Could we have done it better? When there's a problem, I look at that and I go, okay, what's our procedure right now? What is it we're doing right now? And how could we make this to where this won't happen again? In our personal relationships with our children, you know, if the result is to train them up in the way they shall go, so they won't depart from it, we have to be thinking about when they're 16 and 18 when they're four. We have to think about what we're doing now that's going to create this thinking process when they're older, and can do more harm. Uh, You know, I'm so thankful and grateful. I've been very blessed with my children. Oh, boy, am I so thankful for them. You know, they, they have really great hearts, and they do love the Lord. And I'm thankful for that. And now I have a grandchild, and I know she's going to be raised with loving the Lord and understanding the Lord and understanding her purpose and her, you know, reason for being and understanding who she is in Christ. And I think that's a wonderful thing. But getting back to this is as a parent, you know, if the result that you're getting isn't getting you really what you think God wants for that child, maybe you need to look at how you're approaching the situation. I know that me, when I was a, a young child parent, I am you know, I'm a grandmother now, but when I was when I had little ones. I knew that I had to be ahead of whatever the discipline was that was going to happen. This is a really key for me. This was a key moment for me in my motherhood and my parenting skills is understanding I had to be ahead of my children, meaning that, you know, what's the worst that could happen in this situation or, you know, what is the worst that could happen in this situation and what would be my natural consequence for that action? And I would have to have that already premeditated in my mind so that I was ahead of it. Because it happens fast and what worked yesterday, you parents, you know, you're probably laughing right now, but you know that what worked yesterday is not going to work today. And the same thing applies right now with employees and and business and just the economy. You know, what worked yesterday is not working today. So what do we do with that? We have to change We have to be evolving. We have to be changing. We have to think about what's in it for the other person. We need to understand where they're coming from. We need to understand what we're trying to accomplish. What is the goal here? You know, what's the end game? What's our goal? What's our target? And how are we going to get there? And that goes with personal relationships. That goes with employee, boss relationships. It goes with uh, ministries. You know, what are we trying to accomplish in our ministry? What is our main focus? What is our main goal? What are we trying to accomplish here? And hopefully we have a purpose and we have a mission statement and we have all of those things laid out so that we can stay focused and stay in alignment with what God wants for our lives. And, you know, I think about the end game of being at a funeral and I'm up above my funeral and what are people going to say about Sufri's? And maybe, maybe it'd be good for you as an exercise to do this too, is what do you want people to say about you? You know, I want people to say that I was a light in the darkness, that when I entered a room it felt better. Not when I entered the room, they wished I would leave. I want to have people say that their life was changed maybe because Sue Fries had a part in it. And Sue Fries had a part in it because God has a part in it. Because Jesus Christ is my savior and because He he guides my path, he helps me with my steps. He helps me with my words. He gives me discernment in a situation. I have to say that, you know, when you're a Christian, it doesn't mean that everything is hunky-dory. I hope you know that. You know, things come our way. Things happen. And it's how we deal with these issues. It's not that we're everything is hunky-dory because it's not. He doesn't say that in Scripture. He doesn't say that everything's going to be bliss and everything's going to be great, does he? You're listening to the Sue Freeze show, and I just would like to ask you to personally connect with me. I really want to hear from you. And I'm asking you to remember this: Sue, like boy named Sue. Freeze, like French fries, spelt like fries. Sue, freeze, spelt like fries. dot com. I would love for you to remember that when you get to a place where you could write it down, put it in your phone, whatever. And I want you to connect with me. Go online, and go there and check out my website. Go there and connect with me and tell me how you're feeling, what you're thinking. You know, if you need resources, if you need prayer, I have resources. I, I don't have all the answers. I, I would never even say that I even remotely have all the answers at all. I can tell you that God has allowed me to go through many, many different trials and tribulations. And through that, I've gained an understanding of um, the Holy Spirit. I've gained an understanding of who I am in Christ And that he loves me. And I also know he loves you. And I'm telling you this because sometimes we just feel so unlovable, don't we? That we've done something wrong or somebody's done something to us and we just don't feel worthy to receive his love. And I can tell you right now that the Lord is saddened if you're believing that lie. If you're believing that lie, it's exactly that. It's a lie. It's a lie from the devil. And what he wants you to understand, that he cares for you. He wants you to understand that, don't worry, put your cares on him, and that he will take care. And he does that by bringing people to to come around you. And you have to be cautious, you know, have that discernment to understand that there's good and bad people in this world. We're seeing more and more of that every minute of every day, you know, and people think it's okay to do bad things to people, and it's not okay. No matter what, it's not okay. All of our lives matter. Every single person. God says that. God doesn't want one of us to perish. He doesn't want one of us to stray. And he will leave. The shepherd will leave his flock for that one sheep that strays. He'll leave because he doesn't want one of us. He doesn't want you to stray. He wants you with him. And I'm I'm reaching out to you for him. He's telling you. That he loves you and that he wants you to be with him. And how you do that is by uh, getting in his word and asking him to reveal himself to you. And he will do just that. I only have a few minutes left, so I'm going to read this real fast because I think it's important. I am the eternal I am. I always have been and I always will be. In my presence, you experience love and light, peace and joy. I am intimately involved in all your moments. And I am training you to be aware of me at all times all times. Be aware of him at all times. Your assignment is to collaborate with me in this training process. I love this. I have taken up residence within you. I am central in your innermost being. Your mind goes off in tangents from its holy center time after time. Do not be alarmed By your inability to remain focused on me, simply bring your thoughts gently back to me. Each time they wander, the quickest way to redirect your mind to me is to whisper my name. Oh, that is so perfect and so true. Whenever you feel not in alignment, just speak the name of Jesus. Jesus, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you, Exodus. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? God's spirit lives in you. It lives in you. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Psalm 25, 14. Listen, be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you until next week. Bye-bye.